The content of the Think Dementia podcast is based on the individual opinion and experiences of Amy House and should not be used as or in place of medical care. Think Dementia recommends you consult a physician if you have medical concerns for yourself or a loved one. This disclaimer also extends to any guests or content creators of the show. And now, let's think dementia. Hey everyone, this is Amy House and welcome to the podcast. I am just, I'm having a good day because yesterday I was at St. Michael's Church in Buckman, Minnesota, a very small town if you Google it, and um, I was there by wonderful friends, family, and care partners of people living with dementia for a presentation and understanding dementia better. And I got such wonderful questions from the audience on how they can support each other in the community, what we can do to change the stigma, and it was really a a wonderful experience. And I thank everyone who came to that. Today, we have a question about uh, somebody at a family gathering. The recording wasn't the best quality, so I'm just going to go ahead and read their question. What can you do to help a family member who's at a family gathering who just keeps wanting to leave and go home? And if they go home, they're just going to be sitting there in front of the TV. Why do they want to leave the holiday or family gathering so bad? What does this mean? That is a great question and something that comes up frequently, especially during the holidays. And we recently celebrated the Easter holiday here. And I can tell you that there is a lot going on at a holiday that you might not think about. First of all, let's consider the time of day. If your loved one starts getting uh, more anxious in the late afternoon and worried about things towards the evening, it might be better to have a gathering in the morning. Maybe we have a little brunch instead of having a big family dinner. Thinking about also scheduling at a time that works for them and the length of time that usually works for them. It might be that it's overwhelming and exhausting to be around so many people for more than an hour or two. So it's possible that it can help to just set the expectations with the family early about let's change the time that works best for mom And also, let's keep it short and sweet so that it's something she can enjoy. When you have dementia, there's a part of the brain that monitors all your sensory. And these are your nerves and how you interpret the world with your uh, what you see, what you smell, what you touch. It can all be amplified at times. And so sitting amongst family... And having people who are talking over each other or having questions coming in and children running around in the background, maybe some holiday music, that can all seem very overwhelming. Even mealtime, although it seems like, you know, the tradition that a family has is visiting over mealtime. Eating can be a really complicated thing for a person with dementia. And so hearing all the sounds of the other forks and people trying to talk and ask questions and visit during the meal can sometimes also overwhelm the person. You mentioned that if your mom went home, all she would be doing is sitting in front of the TV. 
I would say those are familiar surroundings to her and comforting. So maybe this is a little bit of anxiety about what's happening and what I should be doing. Many times, people with dementia, as I've heard from them, are wondering, what should I be doing? What should I be doing right now? I I feel like I should be doing something. And if they have been the one who hosted different gatherings for years, this might seem really odd that I'm just being expected to sit here and enjoy myself when I'm used to helping and being the one in charge of the event. So are there ways that you can make sure that your loved one is assisting with the event so that they feel like they have a purpose there? Could it be that they're going to mix a salad dressing into the salad? Could it be that they are going to help set the table? If setting the table is too complicated, could they sit there and hand a fork to one of the children who runs it over to the place and then come back and get another fork and run it over to that place? How can we keep them involved, even if it's just one part of a sequence of steps that need to be made during the meal? Is there something that they could uh, do, again, hands-on in the kitchen that would be safe for them? Even if it's just, you know, folding some of the towels and the kitchen washcloths and whatnot that just happen to fall out of the drawer and we need this all folded again, could you fold this while I'm getting things ready for dinner? Giving somebody a little purpose there might just ease some of that anxiety of, What am I supposed to be doing? One more thing you can think about is how it can be overwhelming for somebody with dementia when they have those short-term memory problems to keep track of who is there and what, you know, what is my relationship with each of these people. And so they may be looking around and pulling information from their long-term memory and not being able to know what are we doing here and who are these people And I hope they don't ask me for their name because I won't be able to come up with that. That can be really anxiety-provoking. A clever tip that I once heard was having the people at the gathering have a cup that they're just going to go around with with their beverage, and on the cup it says their name. And that's just a real subtle way of, you know, making sure people don't mix up their drinks, but also for the person who's living with dementia to remember names. And that might be a really great way to do it subtly during the early stages. For someone who maybe needs more cues than that, I have at my memory care, the residents all have a table tent with their name on it. So they feel really confident in going into the dining room and knowing where they should go and sit, but also who they're sitting with and who these people are and and having a conversation with them or asking them uh, some question for the day that they know their name. And I found that it really helps with that anxiety. And it really also helps with developing friendships because you're sitting there and you know the person's name that you've been sitting by for a long time. And that's just, again, build some confidence. Now, one more thing to think about would be how the brain is being sensitive right now. I mentioned that this can be overwhelming, all the noise, all the people who are talking over each other. And so having uh, a little think dementia in your mind and thinking how this is affecting their brain, I want you to imagine the brain of a small child or an infant. When their brain is developing, 
their brain is very sensitive and can be easily overstimulated. And that's because their brain is thinking, give me information. I want to learn all about this. I want to know everything. I want to know how it tastes, how it feels, how it sounds. And because their brain is on high alert and gathering information, you may have noticed that a small child or um, an infant can get very overwhelmed in loud situations. And so the same is going on with the brain of someone living with dementia in the later stages. Their brain has lost some of the abilities and they what they are left with, the brain is trying to build on. And it's trying to say, hey, Give me some information here. I want to know what this tastes like, what this sounds like, what's going on here, how this feels. And if you have somebody who's kind of a busybody who is always getting into things and and you may have to worry about them putting things in their mouth that they shouldn't or drinking things that are not safe, if they're at that stage, just being around a lot of Uh, ambient noise can be overwhelming. It might just be the fan in the background that's really been amped up in their brain. And it's different than what they expect at home where it's very quiet just with them and their spouse. And so think about the children in the background, the football game on TV, the clanking around of the pots and pans, and just all those background noises, the dogs running back and forth on the floor. That can just be amplified during that stage of the disease where the brain is really easily overstimulated. And so asking to go home, asking to go back to their quiet place might be a way for them to uh, just comfort themselves. Now, one more thing to think about is just reassuring the person throughout the family gathering. The person may not want to ask for something to drink or where the bathroom is. And so by frequently reassuring them, offering them something to drink, offering to take a little walk around the house with them, and, oh, here we are, Pat, right right next to the bathroom. Let's just stop here if you want. Giving them those visual cues instead of asking them what they need might be easier for them. So instead of saying, Mom, do you need the bathroom? You can say, hey, let's go for a walk. I want to show you some stuff that I bought. And, you know, as we're walking over towards the the office or wherever we've recently hung up a new picture, we can say, hey, we're going past the bathroom. Do you need to stop here real quick? That might be a really dignified way of approaching the fact that they might not know where that is, and that can be really anxiety-provoking. Also, handing them a, a small snack or something to drink frequently throughout the gathering so that, again, they don't have to ask about that or they may not realize that they need something to drink. And that's just, you know, again, coming off as anxiety or agitation or I want to go home because at home they feel like they know where those things are and it's just not as confusing. I hope that that these tips have helped you a little bit on how to have a family gathering that can be successful. I really think the biggest thing is making sure that the person is uh, at their best time of day, keeping it short and sweet, making sure that they feel like they have a purpose at the gathering, and having different subtle cues to help them understand who is here, what are their names, where is the bathroom, and how do I get something to eat or drink? How do my basic needs be fulfilled in this different environment? Because when somebody is sitting at home, 
there's a lot of things that they don't have to think about. When they're sitting in their favorite chair in front of the TV, all of these worries can melt away. And so just being out of that routine can be really difficult, but that doesn't mean that you can't have a meaningful family gathering. And it might change over time as the disease progresses how many people are at this gathering. Whether we have the gathering at their home, at my home, or if we're visiting them in their memory care community, whether we all show up at once for a party, or maybe we just all stop by, you know, a few people today and a few people tomorrow to celebrate the holiday. We have to consider how this is also a part of their life that is going to change with this disease, and we have to adapt with them because we're the ones with the healthy brains who can think of uh, these different ways to adapt. All right, I hope everybody got some good information out of that, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care. 